0: Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years.
1: I'm Ellie Blue, I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon, and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers.
0: We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes.
1: Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry.
0: This week, we are going to answer a reader question. Thanks, reader. Which is, what books have been useful for establishing economic theory?
1: Like, for us in our business?
0: I think for us as people.
1: Oh, interesting. Do you have an economic theory?
0: I do have a lot of economic theories, and um, I feel like they are mostly politically not always making me terribly popular, but, you know. It's not what you think. Right, right. mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I feel like most, I, I guess I'm not too far down the middle of the road, but you know, like all people, I'm kind of tempered by my experiences. And, you know, it's like I kind of come back to, like, two sources that have informed me, and they're both named Peter, coincidentally. And those two sources are Peter Kropotkin and uh, Peter Workman.
1: Two names that have never been mentioned in the same sentence before.
0: Or year. (laughs)
1: Us first about the first peter
0: so peter kropotkin was a you know he's long deceased and he created a lot of like the economic theories of like you know if you are in need that changes what is a range of acceptable behavior you know like that i mean i don't know that anybody would put it that way but you know and so like he, he sort of created the concept of like if you're hungry you steal bread. Like, that's just how it goes, because, like, morality... Like, society is oppressing you, so, like, the amount of disorder that you create in society, it's not on you, it's on them. Like, they did that to you, not the other way around. And, you know, Peter Workman, coming from a very different place, probably, well, who's to say? I would doubt he read Kropotkin, or at least very much, but he sort of frames it as like, when you have an economic relationship, it has to benefit all parties. You know, like, so if it's in any way one-sided, it's not going to work. You know, and so you would have to frame it as like, the author has to benefit from a book, just like the stores that carry the book, have to benefit from the book just like the publisher has to benefit from the book, just like the reader has to benefit from the book.
1: Is that the three-legged stool?
0: That is the three-legged stool, but I put a fourth leg on it. But, and then, you know, if any of those legs is missing, the stool falls over, because you're like, oh, this, you know, people are like, you want me to do what? I can't do you any more favors, like I'm exhausted. And so, you know, like my... Economic, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like my, like, those are sort of my guiding principles where I'm like, I'm happy to do favors for people, but like in a long term relationship, it has to have some mutuality to it. Like, I have to feel some kind of reward, you know, it's like, The way that you know even for some people like giving change to a stranger on the street is rewarding because then they feel good because then they feel like they're a good person that helps people you know like that's a mutual reward even though it wouldn't initially seem like it and you know and it's something where you're well you don't know what you're doing but like you are telling yourself the story that you are like fulfilling a gap in society Mm -hmm. you know what are your economic theories?
1: Well, I just wanted to interject to say that Peter Kropotkin was a 19th century Russian anarchist. Oh,
0: yeah. Long deceased.
1: Born aristocrat. Um, then Prince. Kind of yeah. Founder of anarchist theory. Mm-hmm. One of them. And we have a series of comics about him um, oh, yeah. called okay. Seeds of Spring that intersperses his life story with a Canadian indigenous teenager's life story. And it's really awesome. You should check it out. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure that... I have an economic theory that I've ever really.
0: But you do. You just don't I mean, I'm know lost. it. You know. I'm like,
1: unprepared for this episode. You
0: live by a code, and you have a series of values that you know, like you had it be a priority of the company that we would get wages to a certain plateau. You know, like that right. was, became a goal for you.
1: And health insurance.
0: And, you know, and so those are, I would say, like that that is your economic.
1: I'm trying to think if there are any theorists that have.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because um, it's like, you know, in a more. It, like, there's lots of economic theorists that are like, well, you pay people as little as you possibly can, and then when that's no longer acceptable, you raise it 1%. So
1: those are not my influences. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, theory that I've read, and I did read a lot of political theory and a lot of literary theory in college, and I feel like it mostly just served to confuse my brain. But I did, I guess, gain from quite a bit of the literary theory, like, kind of a sense of cultural relativism, which does, I think, very much inform. And, you know, a lot of that theory was Marxist. One of the most books I read that influenced me the most was a book called Land Full of Flies and it was an anthropology book about um a mud pit? No, it was about Botswana, essentially. And it was a Marxist critique of this idea that um, you know, people who are currently, you know, living as hunter gatherers as a society are like kind of backwards or like living the way that our ancestors did in the past and the guy was like in fact there is a global economic underclass Mm -hmm. um and they're part of it and romanticizing them as like a pure past our incarnation of our own lives is what keeps them oppressed that influenced me a lot I'm not sure Necessarily in practical ways.
0: You must have been riveting at parties at that time.
1: I was so fun.
0: <laughs> I mean, at least it's, like, sexy to go to the party and be like, stealing bread is righteous.
1: I mean, that's where I learned the concept of, like, bad anthropology. And I do feel like that did help me, like, yeah. in a way, kind of see myself as more human and see other people. I don't know. It changed It changed how I think about power dynamics. Mmm. Mm -hmm. At least it made me never able to, like, think of power dynamics without really thinking about them, which does affect my managerial work now.
0: Right, right, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And what about, um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems, I I, I can kind of connect all the dots here. Like, you're, so you're kind of, like, you know, capitalism- controversial statement but like factually supported statement is like capitalism requires an underclass like it doesn't mm-hmm. work if there aren't people that are being paid less than other people and doesn't work if mm-hmm. like if if that segment doesn't exist it like doesn't work as a concept so like you are necessitating the existence of poverty in order for it to work, you know? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so it seems like that is kind of what offended you.
1: Yeah, and, like, this idea of putting poverty on a pedestal.
0: Mm, Oh, yeah, that is worse, huh? (laughs)
1: Yeah, like, and you can kind of see it everywhere. I call it bad anthropology, um, and it takes so many forms. Fair. You know, like, if you look at what you're supposed to do as a business... And, like, what you're incentivized to do as a business, which is very much what you said. Like, pay people as little as possible.
0: hmm And lay them off with the earliest drop of a hat.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and it like, kind of, like, you can't really do that unless you think those people aren't inherently worth better treatment.
0: Right, right, yeah. Or, I mean, but it is often framed as, like, what do you want me to do? I had no choice. Like, this is what you do.
1: And you can't do that if you... You can't do that and, like, look at... The lowest paid person in your company and imagine them becoming CEO, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Like it does right, yeah. suggest
1: like these sort of inherent essential differences. Right. I don't
0: know. Yeah, that's a great point. That's like, right, you cannot simultaneously hold somebody in esteem and see them as disposable.
1: It's like the whole like kind of fetishizing of essential workers during the pandemic was sort of bad anthropology.
0: Right, like, right, we like we just we forced this to exist by the way our society is structured, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you're not getting raised, and we're still treat you like shit, and right. people will still become violent.
0: But you'll get some really romantic think pieces.
1: Yeah, <sighs> so. it's everywhere once you start looking.
0: Okay, so that's yeah. I mean, I guess that's what informed both of us, and you know, we like. I definitely. And maybe it's generational or whatever. Like, But I definitely come from the, like, I had to work really hard. And I had to, like, do all of this from nothing. And so I have, like, a bit of that in me. But I can also see with time that, like, I cannot expect that of other people. And that, like, you know, so, like, I want people to, like, work hard and try. But, like, I don't put them to the standard that I would hold myself 25 years ago. You know? It's just like, you A a employee is going home at five o'clock. Yeah, you know, and so there's a bit of that too. I don't know where I got that. I mean, I guess that's like my like misguided cultural upbringing of like having union family plus like reading radical literature and growing up in the. 80s when there was no jobs, so you
1: know. We're basically a bunch of socialists here, mm-hmm. but trying to play by the rules of capitalism.
0: Thanks for joining us once again.
1: Please send your questions to podcast at com so we can answer them on future episodes.
0: And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed.
1: You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub
0: On Twitter at microcosm...
1: On Facebook at Microcosm Publishing.
0: On Instagram at Microcosm underscore pub.
1: And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Have a wonderful week.